Cup. Hard Yards, brought to you by Sports Joe. It's good to the short side. Oh, it's good to the short side. It's good to the trailer. I don't think we met before, but I'm the referee on this team, not you. Hi, Rob. Zeb's here. Just want to discuss the captaincy next. He's calling. Oh, and Ring Rose comes through. Oh, that is brilliant from Ring Rose. Ring Rose is going here. What a score! You're very welcome to the Hard Yards. It is the end of term edition. I am Andy McGeady. We could hardly have dreamed Ireland's end of season series with Australia would be so compelling, so close. But it was. We were treated to three superb test matches and the final two clinched games for Ireland. Yes. Down to the wire. It's good. That was brilliant, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had the winning streak ended, but that was fine because then you went two in a row. Um, it was good. To look back at it all, I am joined by Sports Joe's Pat McGarry. Morning, how are you? And James Downey. Morning, Andy. And we're delighted to have John Cooney live from Bangkok Airport. <laughs> how are you, John? Good, good, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm just in the airport currently in Bangkok, so, uh, yeah, travelling around Thailand now for the next three weeks, so getting a nice holiday away now. And what is it the... Uh I think I saw some some of the stuff from the boys on Instagram. Like they look like they at least one day on the rip anyway yeah. in, in Sydney. What was it? Was that a good good twenty four hours? Yeah, yeah. I was actually quite wise. My flight was at ten a.m., so I, we didn't get out till quite late. So I actually went home nice and early, around three or four a.m. So I just went straight to the airport, and uh, I'm I'm feeling all right now. But it looked like they're a bit worse for wear the next day. But yeah, I just should be celebrating that victory. <laughs> so yeah, I think they deserve it. I saw what was it um, I think it was the, the Melbourne game uh, where you got on there for the last uh, five or six minutes there that um, yeah. at the end of the game you, you caught up with Dave McSharry he was over for the game was was he just yeah. on holidays himself or uh, no he's, he's living in Sydney at the moment oh, uh, right. since he retired he, he went travelling for a few months and then he's living out in Sydney he's actually one of my one of my best friends so it was nice to, to catch him all week I, I went visit him about five times at Bondi throughout the week so nice to get a bit of time together so he's showing you the sights around Sydney and stuff, was he? He was. I think he's a good man to, to show you around. He seems to know all the good spots. And he's, he's located right on Bondi, so he's the best boat world there. And, um, yeah, what, what did you kind of make of it? Like, the, um, you kind of could see, like, it was just so down to the wire, wasn't it? Like, but um, you got on and kind of helped Ireland see it out in Melbourne. But um, were, you, were you happy with how it all went? Would you have been itching to kind of maybe get on there and, and be involved in Sydney? Yeah, I was obviously disappointed I didn't play as long as I'd like to. Came on at 12 uh, for two minutes, I think, in that game. And <laughs> just got ran over by Karevi, so I'm still kind of falling backwards from that division. But, uh, yeah, it was good to at least get on. Uh, obviously, for the, the tour, I would have had goals of at least starting the game or even getting played a bit more. But that's life, and things don't always go the way you want it to. So I'm happy by the end of the season I made the tour because I didn't make the November or the original Six Nations. So... I just tell myself if I keep performing well they can't keep ignoring me so yeah, it was a good way to finish uh, the season by getting on that tour so I'll take the positive and is Joe was he kind of talking to you much like you know like even even for that third game like you might have been raring to go for the third game does he does he get a chance to bring you to one side and have a chat to you and say listen you might get a chance later in the year um, yeah, not not really I think he was more just uh in for the game at hand because it's such a big game I think he didn't really talk to too many players about it but uh yeah, no, he didn't say much about that, but I'm, I'm just hoping out in November to make the squad again and hopefully get a run out then. But just got to keep playing well come September, October, and, and just see what I can do for Ulster. So that's the main thing, really. And there was some, we saw some great pictures there. I think Pocock um, came in and was swapping jerseys with, uh, with Conor Murray and put something up. Was that good? Did the Aussies come in to you guys at the end of the game and did you guys have a chance to have a few beers together? Uh, yeah, there was, there was a good few lads coming in and out. You saw Israel Folau after the game. He was wearing the Irish jersey. I think a few mm-hmm. other lads. But yeah, I saw that picture with Connor and uh, David Pocock. And I remember Christian, the other fan, telling me that he, I think he was on the same team as well, maybe as David Pocock. And he said he was over doing something quite similar as well. I think one of my family friends had him as oh, wow. their uh, inhibitants. So 
yeah, it, it seems like a, a good thing to be doing when you're raising the fluid, how many players come through. and It's just good to see after the game, yeah, there's a lot of camaraderie between the two teams. So I think I yeah, they were pretty pretty accepting of the, the victory and I think they thought we deserved it. So it's good to see. The uh, Jimmy, it's something we were talking about earlier, actually talking about summer plans because, uh, you know, John's yeah. able to go off on holiday now. Uh, Jimmy, you're going off to a wedding. Um, but for a rugby player, you've got a very short window to to do a lot of life events. Yeah, I think it's like like John's away there for I don't know how long he's going for three or four weeks or whatever it is. And yeah, it's five weeks mandatory mm-hmm. now, I think. And yeah, it depends on what stage you're at in your career. If you're a young man, you're going off gallivanting and having a few points in most places then if you're away with a girlfriend it's kind of tame enough where you can get the mix of one but now it's like I've got like a stag and a wedding in, in, in the space of a week because someone <laughs> has to get back to pre-season so um, yeah no it's going to be fun it's a, it's it's a lot going on there you know and people miss out and stuff but that's part of it Like, but it's going to be look it's hectic it's a hectic four or five weeks to get everything in yeah and you do have to squeeze it in. You do, yeah, yeah. You have to, do, like, as I say, we're like I have a stag this weekend, and then it kind of kicks on into next week, and the wedding's next week, so we, yeah. we have to look after them. It, it's something we forget that when you commit to being a rugby player, it is an eleven-month existence. Yeah, it is, and I think, like, you look at, I think nowadays, especially, you look at the, like, like John's after being on that tour and had a long season as well with Ulster, and just wants to get away and rest and recover and just mm. sit by the pool or do whatever and just chill and get that body right again for next season because the off season is so short yeah. um, literally you can you do nothing for maybe a week or two if that and then you get itchy feet and, and then you're nearly you have a couple of weeks till you're back in and the fear kicks in and you have to do a bit of work but it's very, it's so short and what like how long like you saw at the end of the game how tired the Irish players were they were out in their feet and uh, it kind of just kicks on into until you need that break you need to just completely switch off from rugby and look I'm sure you can see on as, as you say people's social media that they're all slipping away from uh, from the rugby and they're not going home and they're all going to get a bit of sun and, and recharge and ready to go again and yeah, yeah John for you what is it um, you know what's the plan for the next few weeks you, will you actually just knock the phone off for a few weeks then and, and for you when, is, when does pre-season start is it a little bit delayed yeah I think it's maybe the 24th of July so I think it's four weeks exactly so I'm here for three and a half weeks so uh, I'm sure come a week or two into it I'll probably start doing a bit of running and a few gym sessions just I, I'm pretty competitive so I don't want to go home and, and do badly in the fitness set stuff like that I like to try and come up on top of them so I'm already <laughs> getting prepared to do well on that so uh, it'll be a fine line uh, letting the body recover because I find sometimes you can feel real sick but your body feels weak so you might struggle in that way so it's, it's kind of getting a happy meeting between your body feeling good and your lungs feeling good as well so uh, I'll enjoy myself with a, a bit of food and a lot of drink hopefully so you got to enjoy yourself while you can <laughs> and you, you were saying that uh, you, you were going to get Johnny McPhillips you were going to yeah, get him in the gym as well when you get back because um, I, I think yeah. maybe when you get back to, to Ulster you're going to have to have a few name badges for the first few weeks so many new faces but uh yeah, what, what's the plan for the season? Hopefully you get Dan in and big, big kind of World Cup year as well. So hopefully you'll be, maybe you can kind of kick on a little bit more than last season. Yeah, uh, it is a huge year and a lot of change and stuff. And I, I keep trying to take positives. If that's the worst possible season we could have, it, it wasn't that bad. I know I know there's a lot of weird things that off and off the field and stuff like that. But if you look at it, we can only kind of get better from that. And I think there's a lot of change coming in, which is going to make a big difference. Jordy and stuff coming up as well. So we've got a good looking new faces coming in and people that I would have worked with before I had Dan and Connacht for for two years I think it was and I remember him being pretty pretty strict and pretty good in the breakdown and stuff like that so I think that'll make a big difference to the team and hopefully he gets in as soon as possible but if not <laughs> we've dealt with enough adversity throughout the year so I think we kind of just take it on the chin and whatever happens we'll, we'll try and improve together from there and stuff so looking forward to all the change I think change can be a good thing so I'm looking forward to it Great. Well, listen, John, enjoy the holiday. We'll let you go and we'll talk to you again soon. Cheers, John. Cheers, Thanks John. very much. Thanks, William, mate. Thanks enjoy the lot. halls. Thank you. Thanks, Will. Bye bye. Bye bye. Cheers. Thanks. Right. That's John away in his halliers. <laughs> Good luck to him. As you say, he's had a long year. But, he, but even even you hear there, he's, like, he said four weeks. Like in the UK, it's it's five, It's a mandatory five now. Yeah. So it's like, and he said there, like he's, he's there for, yeah, yeah. And he's, three and a half weeks, he's back. 
It's so short, like, yeah. and for such a long season, and he's straight into preseason. But the, the like one thing that you really have to compliment uh, the IRFU on is the player management mm. works so well. Like it really does. I know we look. We've we've spoken before about how ultimately it's the Irish team that is number one. I think that the way they look after their players that they're able to st- still produce at the end of the season you have to realise that Australia are kind of in the middle of their season so um, this is the end of a long year for people especially I think for the Leinster lads who have played so many games mm. a lot of game time a lot of t- like a lot of time on the body clock and it and it, and it, and, it, and it takes its toll as we can see from some of the incidents that we can discuss later yeah so you mentioned that actually um, before we came in you said that the lads look absolutely bushed at the end of that third test and Joe Schmidt said something similar after the game he said if that had gone if, yeah. if it had been a fourth test series he's like nah yeah no it would have been like it's okay it's just so intense week after week uh, like three weeks in a row of that attritional um, like I'm sure that last week they're not even doing any contact I know we've spoken before again but like it's that contact it, it takes so much out of you like I think you can see body language towards the end and even some of the incidents say with um, when, when Rob Carney kind of run across it was just a laboured effort to for this um, is the Kurabedi try. try yes mm. um, it's just a laboured attempt he's just hitting his feet like and he just mm. can't get himself in the right position and, and it even you can see in the last play when they cast the kick off and go again after um, after Sexton's penalty, just they're out in their feet, they're tackling, they're getting up, but they're absolutely gone. Like you know, so it's kind of oh, if someone runs at me, brilliant. If they can <laughs> sidestep, I'm in trouble. Like you know, it's just so attritional these tours, and that's what makes it though. And that's the most pleasing aspect for me was to have been down to go down and win and to still grind out a win down there it's mm. it's, it's very promising it's good it is pr- promising yeah well done nicely thank put thank you you're not going too far there but that is the year if you, if you step back this would have been just such a season I mean in mm. any other year you'd be going yeah we Ireland won a Southern <laughs> Hemisphere Test Series what a season yeah add on Pro 14 add on Heineken Cup mm. add on Grand Slam yeah yeah that's what I was I was even doing something about um James Ryan there yesterday for Sports Show and I was just looking back and it was like like he scored a try 60 seconds after coming on for his test debut but it was like people have forgotten about that it happened 12 months ago because so many other things have happened mm-hmm. and Jordan Larmer as well like his first full season as well and talking about he wanted to play a few games for Leinster A this season yeah. look what he's finished with as well and um, I, I even actually was talking to John there but looking at Instagram there he, there was Larmer playing the piano and he can play that brilliantly as well you could saw, see in Sydney when they're having a few scoops and you were like this bastard can can do everything, <laughs> and he's young. <laughs> oh. but, but yeah, never just, ceases to amaze me, Pat. <laughs> creeping on it, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Pat's got this massive big wall like, full of feet. Yeah. <laughs> like projector. Yeah, it's like Batman thing where they're tracking everybody's going <laughs> across the world. And the, and the and the red light comes on. That's hilarious. <laughs> the uh, but so we talked this game in particular. There's a huge amount of talk about penalties. Mm, okay. Yeah, cards, penalties. Um, we right to the very end of the game, the very end of the series. We're still in TMO land. Mm. Slow motion. Yeah, yeah. Replays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was. It was just like even at the end like Cheka was speaking about it and Cheka was very funny at the end. Where he's saying like, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to come across as a winger and a moaner. But and then he'd go on about something. But he's saying like every time we tried to play football, they'd, they'd whistle us. You know, they'd bring the whistle. So like. They might have known that Ireland, as you said, were nearly out in their feet and they were just trying to keep the ball moving, but it goes there and, and the officials kind of kept slowing it down as well and kept looking at stuff and uh, it kind of went against them in a way. Like, But uh, yeah, so many controversial ones. And it, it always is funny watching the game originally on Sky Sports and then to watch it back on Fox exactly. Sports and just the two different commentaries are mm. unbelievable. And yeah, we might go back into that a bit later on with uh, some of those big decisions they made. But Yeah, we'll be bringing in uh, Georgina Robinson from the Sydney Morning Herald who was on with us a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So we'll be talking to her yeah, a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so CJ Stander is someone who definitely has been talked about. Uh, Jimmy, he had a hell of a game. Yeah, yeah. I think you needed like you know you kind of at the end of a tour people talk about your positives and negatives and where you want to go and what worked and I was initially a little bit disappointed in CJ in the first couple of tests I just thought he was just I expected more I think 
maybe you kind of got to give hats off to the Aussies that they nullified him and CJ's all about go forward if mm. CJ doesn't get that yeah. go forward he's out of a game and you can get frustrated and he gets frustrated and then he tries to force it and make it happen and I think that he just he stood up he really stood up his carries were effective he was getting gain line he was making impacts he was tackling he was uh, looking for getting in there turnovers and it was a kind of CJ of old that sometimes you like you forget how good he can be sometimes because everyone else is stepping up and like he's not going to have a great game every week 100% but you still you can ha- you can afford to have one or two players be off the mark a little bit and I think CJ kind of stepped up when someone else or one or two lads are quiet having lost Peter Mahoney mm. um, you needed someone kind of yeah. in there and, and he and he did and he put his hand up and he held up and I thought he did a great game I was there was, yeah, very impressed there was a lovely little um, the Aussies were kind of attacking this is maybe 20 minutes ago and there's like a, a counter rook where Stander drove him back inside uh, the Irish 22 and like they were again as you said the lads looked out on their feet so you just need you're hoping someone's going to step up and Stander was the one to I think he drove him back around three or four yards in the mm. tackle and, and then that gave Ireland that chance to reset the line again and that, that something like that makes such a difference doesn't it yeah it buoys the whole defence like if mm. someone puts in a big hit knocks it back it gives you that little pep in your step and and you can kind of put if you're soaking if you're soaking in tackles it's it's extremely demanding on the body and it's very hard to defend and like I always talk about kind of how teams on their own line defend like you know it's like for inches you're fighting for yeah. inches but yeah further out the field it's so easy to concede easy yards and I think when someone makes a hit like that it's kind of buoys everyone and gives them a lift and, and it was a, and it was great that they were able to kind of see out the game as well that's mm-hmm. like an, an, an hugely positive note was that like that Previously, like we've like we've gone down to New Zealand in the last play of the game, and we just we've closed out the series, which is yeah. which is great. To, you know, like it, we're under the cosh. Okay, as I completely agree, if we had a couple more minutes, we might have been under a bit a bit more pressure, but because everyone was just was just done, they'd given so much. But no, to, to finish it is is extre- Like as I say, it's looking at Japan. It's a great start. We've uh, we've a good November series too. And here's the in, so if you look back to the first game of the Six Nations coming back again tight one score game and this is to finish the international season tight one score game this is a good thing you need games like that because you know this is the weird thing when you look back to the Grand Slam the second half of the win in Twickenham wasn't like that yeah 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 yeah, and it's yeah you kind of forget forget that it you know that that's not going to happen come World Cup time and Ireland are going to have games where they need to close this out I thought it it was fantastic yeah and this is this is where you have to see that like the players if they're in this situation I'm sure there will be in a World Cup where it's going to be a one score game it's going to be tight and they know that they can close it out they know that Mm. they can finish it they've been there they've done that and I know like sometimes you have to lose these games as well but it was another good aspect was we lost and we bounced back from that yep. as opposed to I know I wanted a 3 no whitewash it would have been great but in terms of World Cup it's learning we can bounce back we've mm. had a bit of yeah. adversity you know we've it's lost it's good that James Ryan decided he wanted to lose a game yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually I, I said at the time I'm delighted he kind of lost it just because it's no one's talking about it anymore which is mm. great move on play rugby it, it, was a, it's, it was a trivia media thing it yeah. was a great one don't yeah, get me wrong mm-hmm. um, but it's unnecessary no and it just like it was a point that like people would harp on but doesn't take away from how how good he is yeah. uh, like you know it's and you forget how young he is and he's only started like we're talking 12 months ago and like, like it, people have spoken about it I know Shane Horgan spoke about it but like he's a future captain of Ireland you can see it and even lines you know and yeah, we, we're nearly relying on him a little bit you know because like, we need someone to step up and you know he's going to play in 80 minutes as if well if you're a first choice test lock at 21 that is hysteric yeah, yeah. like we're in hysteric territory here when it comes to James Ryan already yeah. and this is the thing enjoy the ride folks let's hope that yeah. his yeah. body is managed and that he he manages himself well and he has the career that could be absolutely stellar so listen fingers crossed um, on the I suppose keeping on with the slight controversies the penalty try decisions that didn't go Ireland's way we're not too exercised about these are we rolling malls Conor Murray by the posts that was the one yeah that like it's just yeah. In the end, you're not going to bang the table too loudly about it because they won. But the one of like uh, Murray didn't get the ball down against post, but you're, it was a penalty. Like so, he illegally came in and stopped them. So you know why was that not a penalty try then as well? Like so, those ones are, are a little bit weird. But that I think came 
soon after Falao getting the yellow like so sometimes you think is Gazer being influenced as well by you don't want to be I, too harsh I thing. didn't think his his communication was good on that point because mm. he should have if it wasn't the man on the deck in front of the post mm. he should have been clear it's telling everybody because he knows everyone's listening yeah yeah it's not that guy it's the other guy because if he points and says it's that guy then it has to be a penalty trial. yeah mm. yeah so I didn't think it was clear at the time who he was penalized um, that that was my my view. Mm. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I was like, on who's he who's he going against on that yeah. one? Like you know, and I guess it was kind of inconclusive. I okay, I guess with your Irish hat on, you're gonna say that's a try. I kind of thought he would have got it against the the base of the post. You know, oh, if that was the last minute in Ireland, where you know four yeah. points down, I'd be yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it would be a different. Well, you'd kind of like to think it might have been a different decision, but I guess he's kind of lying there and. He's blocking the post, and you knew he was going to go for it, you know. And, yeah. and it's very hard to kind of it's, defend in there. But it's um, it's sitting smart against, sitting against the post seems to work. Yeah, it's not um, it's not the stupidest decision in the world to block the post if it's a close game. No, nope. I will say that. Um, I think it's time we bring in an Australian perspective <laughs> into our green tinted studio. Georgina Robinson of the Sydney Morning Herald. How are you? Very well, guys. Hello from the land of the vanquished. <laughs> hey. Yeah. So, what is the um, what is the view from the land of the vanquished of that three test series? Of what? Sorry, guys. Of that series. I mean, up here we've just been talking about you know it's yeah 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 Ireland have won in the southern hemisphere, but what have Australia taken out of it? Uh, look, I think Australia have taken out of it um, some pretty some pretty good stuff. It's it's the best start we've had to the Test season in quite a while from the Wallabies. They're notorious slow starters. Um, you only have to look at 2016 when Eddie Jones brought England down under and swept all before them. So uh, this was certainly better. Um, there was, I mean. I think there's probably a recognition that Ireland were, over the three tests, the smarter team, the more clinical team, and probably the better drilled team, uh, and that the Wallabies were a team that really tried to just impose their style, a singular kind of style, on Ireland, uh, and they didn't quite have the accuracy to pull it off. Um, I think I think certainly the final test was very close. And um, so, you know, while there's disappointment that they couldn't get it done in the end, um, there's certainly some hope that, you know, that, that, that the team's going pretty well and that they can build into the rugby championship. The, the big test now, without, <clears throat> without wanting to underplay the importance of the Island series, I mean, it was really well attended, sold out in Sydney, almost in Brisbane and Melbourne. Um, the real test for Australians is when the All Blacks come to town. So, you know, if, if they go down twenty six nil to New Zealand, um, that's 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 a real marker. So this is encouraging, and but there's sort of a let's wait and see what what they can do with the All Blacks. There was um, a lot of controversy during the game and after the game about the Israel Falau aerial contests. Uh, I know um, Drew Mitchell. Yeah, well, yeah, but I think yeah, we'll just play that clip now. This is the question I'd like to ask you. You're a man who used to jump in the air. What is an aerial contest, Drew? Well, I mean, for me, that is an aerial contest. And I don't know if it's contentious. I think it's rubbish. I, I think as soon as Standard made the decision to lift his player, he's taken responsibility for getting his that player from the, from being in the air to the ground. It's not Folau's uh, responsibility anymore because, I mean, he, he can't be responsible for someone who's been lifted into the air. Like, I mean, I think it's absolutely rubbish. And unfortunately... Again, a TMO is having too much impact on a test match. No doubt. So, yeah, so th- there's the audio of Drew Mitchell talking about that. And in fairness, that is a point of view that has been put across quite a lot. There's, people are pointing at the fact that Stander was lifting Omahani into the air. Mm. And is this Falau's fault? Now, we can. I think we need to talk about the application of rugby law as well as the dynamics here. Um, but Georgina, is it fair that, that a number of people in Australia are putting that point of view across? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely how it's perceived down here. And what I think that points to is just a, a real knowledge gap and, and lack of clarity around it. Um, the, the Wallabies have certainly uh, been using the, that short kick uh, and the cross-field kick 
uh, to put to make the aerial contest a lot more. Uh, so, I mean, perhaps it's a case of, of us seeing Israel Folau in that contest uh, more often. But this is certainly the first time he has been um, pinged, is a, is a colloquial uh, we like to use down here, so often. Uh, and, you know, well, it was once, but it was a yellow card, and then he was cited afterwards and now faces a disciplinary hearing because, you know, the combination means it's essentially a red card threshold. Um, so so it feels like here it's come out of nowhere that, you know, Israel Folau has been uh, taking high balls for a long time, and this is the first time uh, uh, we're sort of... We're seeing some, some if, if you like to say, marginal contact in the air with Omani, certainly the certainly the yellow card, uh, contact with Omani, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a uh, an arm around the neck. It was it looked like, you know, a, a touch on his a touch on his side around his waist. Uh and with there with, with sort of no intent and no obvious intent. Um that's 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 what I think the, the confusion is. Uh and you know, and when it when it uh, gets to a certain stage it sounds like outrage and clamour. Um, but I think what what the fundamental problem is is confusion. So no no one quite knows um, what why it sort of seems to be being picked up more now. And that's what I think Michael Checker and you know you've seen Steve Hansen also weigh in on it. That's what they've said. They're just like we want consistency. Okay, so this this comes in um, on the back of the Benjamin Fall mm. um, yellow uh, red card from the previous week, and also a series of statements so first Fall got his red card uh, for the challenge on Barrett it was early on 12th minute of France against New Zealand um, and people were unhappy about that for a number of reasons and also honestly because it was so early in the game mm-hmm. people don't like to see early red cards um, then the disciplinary panel for Fall said uh, actually should have been rescinded but the reasoning they gave wasn't that great so World Rugby came out and kind of unpacked that a bit and said well you're not completely right um, so there is confusion but in this game there were three Falau and O'Mahony contests there's one from the kickoff, very first yeah, yeah, yeah very first one and there's one in the ninth minute and that's the one which has been issued a, uh, a siding commissioner's warning for which again people need to remember that siding commissioner's warning is a siding it's just a, a low level siding and it means that it's actually between a yellow and a red it only just misses being a red card so it's actually the siding commissioner regards it as being worse than a yellow but not quite a red. Um, and then in the 30th minute, there's the one, 31st minute is the one where he gets the yellow card. Now, these three instances look the same, but when you look at them closer, they're different. The first one, Pete lands on his neck. I mean, it's, it's a, it could have been a tragic landing. Yeah. And I don't use that word lightly. Um, but the challenge is fine. Mm-hmm. Falau goes up. He is, they're both extraordinary heights. Uh, Omani's vertical is sensational. Um, he's going from from the deck to be supported by Stander. Stander mm. is actually almost late coming in. Um, and then Falau goes for the ball. There is no other hand anywhere. It's a clean contest. But O'Mahony kind of tumbles over the back of Stander. Um, but Falau does nothing wrong. And then in the second two, that's where we have problems. Um, Jimmy, what what do you see when we're looking at this? Because we don't want to remove this athleticism from the game. No, and I think you're you're right there. I think that first one is like is completely fine because it it can't be outcome based on how he lands or if he gets injured. That's the nature of the sport. Like you know, it's if someone gets concussed from a tackle, someone running straight, you can't go. Oh well, you can't do that. Like you can't run at someone, you can't tackle. Like you know, it's been ridiculous. I think I think what you have to take in, you take each one and kind of go. Well, okay, CJ's kind of. Look, got to look after him a little bit as well. It's quite dangerous to kind of. You know that Falao is going to have these short kickoffs. You know that it's one of his huge strengths is his aerial ab- ability that he has. I think that with CJ there, it's he, like he came out after and said that he, he's got to protect Pete a little bit more. Hmm. Um, I think he's the kind of pivot that that knocks it over and makes it worse. If if it's a one on one. It's it's going to be okay. I okay. just think that. So, so let's let's just explain that a little bit more, right? Because th- this is the point which has been made by a lot. The single man lift in open play is does two things. One, it's less stable than if two people. So if, if you get clipped and there's a second person, it's it, the legs can't flip over mm-hmm. like that, like it like a, a pivot, as, as you say, Jimmy. But also they're held longer, higher. 
than if they were naturally. So if they get a bump, the whole body doesn't. Mm. Sorry, the whole body would move if they were in the air on their own, if you know what I mean, from a standing start. So it does change things. But the really important thing here is that in law, it's Falao is at fault, okay? Because there's a second, there's a hand comes out that's not part, or at least not perceived by the officials to be part of the contest. And and I think that if he goes up and it is a contest and it's fine until he puts his hand in and and that changes Pete's momentum. Yeah. So he's gone. He's dragged him back. If he leaves his hand, go. There's nothing wrong. It's yeah. a play on, and Pete will come down fine. But again, he's used because he's touched him, and the momentum's taken him there. And it's a natural. It's a natural thing, I think, for people to kind of to to reach out and grab. It's like like we were talking about line outs earlier on. I think it's like when you go up and compete for a line out, and you've lost it. The natural tendency is to kind of grab, and mm. sometimes or, players or give if, away, or even if you're slightly off balance. Yeah. back we had a technical issue when we were recording so we lost some of our conversation but that's okay this is end of term there we just filled up all of the computers i think um georgina's still here that's the important thing um and georgina we were just talking about the wallabies taking chances or more particularly not taking chances yeah, look, I think I think um, lest lest you know the entire uh, country be portrayed as a pack of whingers, and you know we we don't do whinging too badly. Despite despite those calls that you know might have should have gone other ways, um, you, you can't escape the fact that Bernard Foley missed a crucial penalty goal, uh, and then you know in in the last ten minutes. There were plenty of chances on attack where the Wallabies dropped the ball, sometimes under a lot of pressure from some dogged Irish defence and sometimes not under any pressure at all. So that's the kind of thing that um, Australia need to clean up before New Zealand arrive. And, and the, the night after that test, Sunday night here, the State of Origin was on. It was a try bonanza and the game was filled with players who could finish. Mm. And that's what that's what the Wallabies need. The, the players... Uh, on the wing, you know, Corabetti did it in the 55th minute, a superb try. He needs to produce that time and again. So does Kirtley, so does Israel. Uh, and and that, will, that will count for more as the Wallabies go forward. Yeah, Georgina, one, one of the last things just to ask you before you um, set off is just in terms of maybe Irish players that stood out to you, is there a couple? And then what's the major Australian player positive to, to come out from it? Oh, certainly. Um, I mean, and look, this is we we don't know Ireland very well, so there were heaps of players. Um, uh, look, actually, before I before I wax lyrical about some of the young ones, um, one of the quotes from Johnny Sexton on the field that I just couldn't go past was, "I know you hate me, but I'm the captain. You have to talk to me." Um, <laughs> that was that was pretty interesting. The attitude um, from the stand-in captain, I thought. Uh, so he certainly mate left his mark, uh, and uh, Connor Murray was again fantastic. They're just peers. I think as Harb's partners, uh, but guys like Ty Furlong, he was my man of the match in the in the second test. Um, just an absolute belter of a prop, uh, and Devon Toner, um, CJ Stander. I just thought their work rate was incredible. Um, their aggression was incredible, and um, then guys, of course, like Keith Earls. Um, I actually mistook in my in my match copy. I mistook Earls for like a 21-year-old and it was pointed out to me that he's actually in his 30s. That was pretty embarrassing. Um, But he just produced the goods time and again. He was fantastic to watch. Um, And and, and guys like that, I thought, uh, really, really brought the game home. Overall, I just think Ireland's strength, though, is functioning as a unit. You know, that that third team Schmidt named, there were so many changes. Ringrose was seen as a big loss. Levy was seen as a big loss. Sean Cronin out the, on the eve of the match, and and that team that team played like they didn't miss a beat, and and that's also something to be envied, uh, and something to be commended, in my opinion. Right, Georgina Robinson, thank you very much for coming on with us during the series. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely, I hear you back in 2020. So, (laughs) (laughs) here you go. That's an invite. I'm taking this over. Right. (laughs) Thanks, Regina. Cheers. Okay. Cheers, guys. See you later. Have a good one. Bye. Always good to chat with someone who has a different perspective on events. Uh, 
the Flau incident, that's definitely one. It's going to have legs. Um, the refereeing during the series, I didn't think was good. I, I, in all three tests, I think that both sides got some calls which they could both be a little bit aggrieved about. Yeah, I, t- I think it evened itself out. Though. Like, I did. Oh, it's like for both it's, teams. Like it's not as if they've been completely lopsided, and no. one team's been given the advantage over the, the other. I think they've made errors. Unlike another series currently going on. Yeah, (laughs) exactly, yeah. But it was like, look, they do even themselves out. You want to take the ref out as much as you can. You do your analysis. Like, it's quite... I'd forgotten about um, Johnny talking back, actually. (laughs) But but he's such kind of in your face. And I think before that, he'd been talking to the ref an awful lot to check stuff and questions. And he was just like, just step away away from from me. You could see he was pissing him off by, like, constantly going up. But that's him as a player and like as opposed to yeah. he's just kind of having a bit of banter as I well. Think, I think there's something that's been missed about that incident which was that the timing of when that conversation happens. Yeah. Right? Emotions. Yeah. Yes. Omani's on the deck. Mm. It's the third time he's come out of the sky. Mm. They don't know how bad this is. Mm. Um, he's imploring the referee to check it and he's not listening. And he's, he's actually explaining in a bad and passionate way. He's explaining that he's now speaking as the captain. Yeah, because Pete's down. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I have, here's my stripes. Yeah. Look, yeah. Pete's I'm the there. acting captain. Correct. And it just comes out in Sextonese. <laughs> which is not always the best language for conversing with officials that's what I'd say is that is that reasonable yeah yeah he's um, it is funny I was, somebody was asking me why he would say something like that and I don't know whether it was going too deep into conspiracy theories but I was like does he know like the refs are mic'd up this is going to be heard so he has to kind of do that to them. but I think in the heat of the moment you wouldn't be able no, to no you're not thinking yeah, you're not yeah. thinking logically that that's been picked up I think mm. he's just trying to say look I've, he must have he's obviously had run-ins before I'm yeah. sure if you go through an archive no, d- don't go there yeah okay but like <laughs> it's he's obviously annoyed him and he's probably annoyed him in France when he's playing with Racing or probably had it run it whatever it mm. is like you know and Johnny's Johnny and that's the way he is and you don't want him to lose that or, or change so look <laughs> No, I was looking up after when it happened and it was like uh, I noticed Ireland played Scotland and the Scots were giving out that he got Pete Horn a yellow card cause, and Gozair was the referee for that but mm. there was no other major incident that would have had a, a kind of on-field clash but um, one thing I actually kind of wanted to say about that is just you just hear a lot of Australians complaining about Ireland complaining Irish players complaining you see standard a minute that happened to a matinee he was don't, arms in the air don't forget Conor Murray was yapping in a previous test as yeah. well there's yeah. been a few yeah. incidents of yap yeah. and that's the one thing which I think could be taken as a learning point from the series it yeah. isn't a reputation you want from a team because no. I know Austin Healy I know Austin Healy's no paragon of virtue <laughs> himself but uh, he was speaking about it after Ireland beat them in, on Paddy's day as well he was saying this Ireland team like to complain a lot and they yeah. like to you can see them at, at things where yeah even what Murray got in trouble for uh, he's screaming at the ref Austin Healy complaining about Yap is <laughs> <laughs> get O'Driscoll to get the gloves on again and box the head off him no there's a memory yeah <laughs> uh, going back to things on the field that perhaps could also be taken as learning points um, Jimmy Ireland's conversion rate for tries in the 22 not great it's not great not great um, if there was something that there would be a huge focus on I think is green green zone conversion in the 22 when we get close and we get tight we're normally really good at it actually it's something normally we've been very efficient at and but just the conversion rates and the execution in that 22 is, is not where it should be and I think a couple of times we should have scored and we could have been a little bit further away and yet we isolate and Pocock got involved again and, mm. and someone turned us over and it's just it just needs to be better I just think if we were more clinical in there it would make a hell of a difference but look if that's a complaint of non-conversion in there it's it's not too hard to fix yeah. it's something that you can quite easily change and on the on the flip side of that coin that line out on Australia's line uh, was a beauty the line out and drive over was a perfect second yeah. it goes oh exactly execution and that's Ball if, if we back. can do that yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but my concern is that once after four or five phases defences are set and mm. attack isn't going to change too much unless does that change if you have Ringrose in the team who can who can fling that pass just as well as Johnny perhaps perhaps but I don't like it's not the way we really play unless it's unless it's completely on unless they're, the Australians have gotten so tied around that rook that they have a two man mm. overlap mm. and because the passes have to be on the money uh, a back line or a defence will blitz there from the outside and make you force or throw that miracle ball that Hail Mary across over the top and if it's off you can recover when the ball's in the air 
so I think teams try and kind of bully and try and like latch and drive yeah. people over and um, I don't think it makes that much of a difference to be honest if, if Gary's there or not I thought in fairness now another um, tip I had I thought Bundy was, was, was very good and, and Robbie as well mm. yeah he was brilliant remember he got the turnover right yeah. at the start of the second yeah, half I had that written. yeah it was like very impressive from, from those two considering I was kind of like oh it's great to have Gary back but to lose him and then to for those two to step up as Georgina had said it's that strength and depth that we have it's seamless transition it's brilliant yeah Oh, that's good. Um, okay, stay with us because we'll be answering your Twitter questions and we'll cover some of the other international action from the weekend. The Hard Yards, brought to you by Sports Joe. You're welcome back to The Hard Yards. We're going to take a look at some of the questions you've sent in on social media. Remember to follow us on Twitter at, at @thyrugby and use the hashtag AskTHY. If you want to get in a question for... Well, next season yeah. at this stage. Yeah, you have a, a few weeks to get in questions, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, so before we get into some of the questions, uh, I'm going to bring up um, Johnny Lacey and Baptiste Serrat. Uh, Screening. Uh, well, it depends on your point of view. Mr. Serrat believed that he was in the way, that Johnny Lacey was in the way as a referee. Uh, Lacey was saying, well, I have to stand somewhere. Um, but in, interesting to note then wasn't it that Lacey then stood on the other side of the scrum later in the game like, yeah. just going to say p- his positioning was wrong yeah. for me and the bit I've forgotten to mention here is that the All Blacks scored a try yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry ran straight in for me it's, he's got to he's got to bring it back and it's got to be a scrum he's got to take himself out of it as opposed to oh look that's hard luck right. he stopped him getting oh, look it's not as I just think he stopped him. It's just bad positioning, and he, and he made the balls of it and just so, needs to go. Yeah, so here's my counter: you can't give a scrum for that. Of course you can. You scrum. can't. Why? Because if you give a scrum for that, then I, as a defender, I'm going to run into a referee whenever I can. But, but I'm just going to do it. Yeah, I know. But what in that position when you've every time there, I'm just going to run into a referee. I, well, <laughs> well, that's just. And I'd love to see an Andy McGeady coach team running at ref. <laughs> <all day. laughs> no, yeah. we, we want concussion won't be the issue. No. Taking out refs, yeah, by Andy McGeady. But uh, I'm I'm saying I'd say that's why. The, well, I'd say that's why there isn't a law. Okay. There's a law for the ball hitting the ref. There's a law for the attacking player running into the ref. It doesn't exist for the defending player running into the ref. And I'd say that's why it's there. Yeah, well, because you get cynical fuckers like me who would absolutely but, uh, try and take advantage. I'm trying to think who it was who used Nigel Owens and they got pulled back for it. Reese Marshall um, in the for when months were playing was it? Yes, Geelong? yes, yeah. good yeah. man. Yeah, thank you. Um, used him as a kind of little kind of skateboard. You can use him, use his body, yeah. and he goes, "Yeah, look, well, look, you can't use me to like defenders can't get there. So what are you going to do? Take out well, and Andy McGeady can take out the referee, but lower the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Take out the two, like it. But it's yeah. no, it's it, like he's look. He made a mess of it. It's been extremely highlighted. He's just got to say, look, look yeah. it's, I'm sorry, it's done. Yeah, it's uh, as you say. At least he reacted and changed. So if mm. he stayed, in that, if he hadn't stayed, in that, if he stayed in the same position, I'd run the same player, of course. Mm. Like, but he's obviously moved because he's gone. I've gotten that wrong. You can only imagine the French though, like having got ripped off two weeks in a row, and then fourteen all. The ref screens your scrum half, opens up a massive gap. Mm-hmm. Like you could just, you could feel, you could just imagine the dressing room at halftime, just like f this. And it's they, been extraordinary. The big high-profile things that have gone against France in that series. Yeah, yeah. Like, w- rightly or wrongly, mm. and they haven't all been completely wrong, right? It's just extraordinary that's been all against the French. <laughs> You'd be going nuts. But they're, it, they've actually done quite well down there. It it is, yeah, they, it is good, like, that um, we talk about the Aussie commentary on Fox and stuff being kind of biased towards the local team, but it is good that the Sky Sport lads over in New Zealand were at least saying... They're, they're much this better. This is crap, this is crazy, yeah. 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 And if you were playing a drinking game with how many times... Ollie Campbell in 1979 was mentioned <laughs> by Mark Robson. <laughs> or the voice was played, yeah. yeah. The voice, yeah, yeah, during play. Yeah, That was strange. That was really odd. That's what Georgina was saying. Remember during a little break there, she said that that's how much the Aussies care about scrums. Uh, they just play music during it to keep everybody entertained. Yeah, <laughs> and they said, no, they're going to stop this. I kind of like the yeah, song, but yeah. this it's is It's the weird. same after, it's normally after conversions or yeah. something, isn't it? They're running back and they play, and just as it's about to kick, it stops. I remember just s- left to play. I was like, it's Saris did that a few years back. Remember mm, they were playing drums and stuff during the game and it was just like let's stop it now yeah you're embarrassing yourselves Uh, next question from Sean Larkin Uh, so this is off the rumour mill Um, what impact will Felipe Contepomi have as the new backs coach for Leinster I think he'll be extremely good it's it's a 
You played with him? Yeah, I was lucky enough to have played with him and like he knows the place kind of inside and out and he knows the culture. He'd been amongst the best players when they were there and um he epitomizes Leinster really and he has that connection you have like whatever it is with Leinster and you kind of look at all the foreign players they all have some sort of attachment still to Leinster and they're like even Issa coming back and, mm-hmm. and Felipe has always spoken about it and had such a good time here and comes back and yeah it's just one of those things I think it's uh, it's an interesting one because I'd, for- I'd forgotten about Gervin going um, over to Bath and yeah, I, I, when they announced it, because like, he's head coaching us in Argentina, so it's yeah. it's a nice little and, coup. And you're right, Dempsey going was one of those things that might have really gone under the radar, mm. um, but he is highly rated. But f- he is, he is extremely highly rated, but I think it's good for him to go over hill. It's a good learning curve yeah, for, so he's for got, he's gone to Bath. He's, yeah, and he's gone to Bath, and that's uh, again, he's going to be learning from uh, Blackadder over there, so it's... It's another kind of all the Irish yeah, who are yeah. doing well and with and all the can- ex Canterbury lads or whatever. And but I think that Felipe is going to be like Jesus. It's an, it's it's a good backline as it is, and mm. Joe Tamani coming in and now with Felipe, who's going to have a different outlook as well, and he likes to play. So, speaking of Bath, we're moving on to Jonathan Coleman's question. What are your predictions for next season winners of the Champions Cup, the Pro Fourteen, Six Nations, and Irish Rugby in the uh, World Cup if it was played now? Um, We'll get to the Champions Cup pools anyway, right? Mm, because yeah. yeah, Bath. So <laughs> Bath have been Bath. Bath have been very hit and miss. You don't know what you're going to get with Bath, which is which can be dangerous. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and depends. Also, the, then depends on when you play them. If you play them home or away, a little bit first, and yeah. if they have an interest. If English teams have an interest, same goes with the French. But I think that so ba- Bath, Toulouse, and Bath. I'd put Toulouse and Bath in the same bucket like that. Depending on when you get them, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have to lose away first up, yeah, tough, yeah, yeah. Uh, wasps, that'll be tough either way. Yeah, wasps, but the wasps are under a bit of pressure. Um, they need to start delivering now. They've kind of been there for a couple of years, in rounds like kind of qualifying, and people expecting them to kind of win the Premiership, and they haven't. And they get to the big games, and they seem to. Seems to not produce. Mm, that's so. pool one. Pool two. Monster rugby. This is. I think this is a great pool. Um, Cast Exeter. Monster Gloucester. That's yeah. that's proper rugby. That's places. rugby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Some were saying that like it was uh, a lot of the headlines were Leinster and Ulster get the tough draws and they, they, they're all tough draws. But yeah, Munsters is kind of could be tricky again. Yeah. When when do you come across Cast? Is it going to be the same thing? Like, do you get them first or Cast? Ca- don't. But no, but no matter what, tough. I think you're down there in Cast. Mm. Yeah. I, that, that's tough place to go. In, I I wouldn't put them in the sorry in the flaky camp. Yeah, as yeah. much as some others. Uh, pool three: Saracens, Glasgow, Leon, Cardiff. Um, that's mm, that's uh, right. That's speaks of Saris. Yeah, definitely Saris. Mm. Glasgow should again. They're kind of the wasps type that they do so well in Pro Fourteen that, but their club um, performances don't. They just can't step it up in Europe. No. Um, pool four, Scarlets, Racing, Leicester and Ulster Interesting group Yeah um, Friend of the podcast Brendan Macken now playing with Leicester Yes Hot off the presses off the press. uh, Pool five Montpellier, Newcastle, Edinburgh and Toulon That's That's a, that's where the French teams come out of that one They are, yeah It's looking look likely but we're a long way off yeah. And in yeah, the yeah. Challenge Cup um, Sale, Connacht, Bordeaux and Perpignan That is a tough pool Depending on how those teams treat the competition. Who they send? Yeah, who yeah. plays? Yeah, you're not. You, you don't expect Perpignan to really care about it. To be I w- honest, I they, they, it's all about top fourteen status for them. Staying up. Yeah. Um, yeah, to be they could get Hydens in it. To be honest. Hmm. Uh, Pro fourteen next season. Um, it's, it's same as uh, same as the usuals. Um, Would Edinburgh kick on? Maybe they had a perhaps, really good perhaps. second half of the season. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I'm not sure if they've signed anyone or if they've gotten anyone else in. Because I know Duncan Weir's gone to Bath. I think is no. Worcester, I think. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, was general direction. Uh, I don't <laughs> know. If, I, I don't know. But if they have something, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Cockers instilled a bit of belief in them. A bit yeah. of they have a bit of dogness now. So it's again, can they kick on? Oh, Mo- I, I'd like to see them. Most wins in the Pro Fourteen along with Glasgow. Yeah. So they've they've had a quietly very good season. Yeah. Uh, 
six. Well, actually, sorry. Before we move on from the Pro 14, the um, the, the South Africans. Yeah, what was it, yeah, well, it? What what was the big thing that did them in uh, last year? They just couldn't. Was it, they just couldn't get the players in. There was no one available. So the cheaters have lost a bunch. Yeah, yeah, they've been raided, haven't they? Like yeah. so. Um, actually, yes. Yeah, so when you look at the Pro 14s players in and out, it's it's um, it's incredible. Like just yeah, Venter Goose and yeah. So and they've got a lot of lads in. It is interesting because I saw uh, Dwayne Vermeil. Well, he is talking about going back. Is it to the Bulls and stuff like Razi Rasmus is starting to call the flock home, mm. call the, the big boys home. Uh, there's a World Cup coming up, so a lot of lads will want to maybe return from Japan, return from Europe, try and get some games. So mm. if the likes of the Cheetahs and the, the Kings could get, you know, pick up a couple of decent Springboks, they could do all right for themselves. Mm. Ireland, Ireland, well. uh, Ireland's placing in the World Cup. If we had to play it right now, uh, your Alex Brown oh, yeah. is talking us up. Yeah, Alex Brown, we, we were chatting to here a few weeks ago when, from Rugby360 had an article saying that he thinks Ireland are the favourites. Uh, now, stop that now. I know. Everyone <laughs> stop that. No, I don't. I, I don't think it's. I don't think we're favourites because you, you look how ruthless. Like, like we beat the French. Okay, if you want to put it into context, we beat the French by one point in yeah. Paris, and then the New Zealanders just convincingly just hammered them. Like it's they're comfortable. Uh, but I, I, it's in, interesting about Georgina's point about um, that they measure themselves against the All Blacks still. Like if they, and mm-hmm. even the way she said, if we lose twenty six nil, like this has been. I know Rory O'Connor. Th- th- done this, the is, this is part of. Is this part of the bit we lost or part of the bit we have? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just go with it anyway. But yeah, like I know Rory had written about that. It was like on aggregate fifty five all, mm. um, which is an interesting thing, but. And, and that's in fairness yeah. that's the kind of series it was yeah oh it was very close yeah. very tight like and but as again the good thing is that we can finish that but but we're still like we're not ruthless you know and I think you look at the the All Blacks and this, even the way she's thinking that, oh it's going to be 26 like if we lose 26 nil or if we lose by 30 I'm like we're really happy to get a one point win here you know and <laughs> so I don't think I think to go back to the point of what Alex has said I think we're we're up there alright yeah and then it's you just got to be once you're in the mix who knows but we've just got to be there yep got to be there okay we will leave the podcast and the season there um thanks to Pat to Jimmy and Georgina Robinson of the Sydney Morning Herald Shane Dempsey was on sound and production assistant was Fiona Delaney we'll be back next season with a new podcast subscribe to it on iTunes Podcast Republic SoundCloud and every good podcast app to get us straight to your phone this has been The Hard Yards I'm Andy McGeady it's been great talking with you all season thank you for listening and we'll talk to you later this year The Hard Yards brought to you by Sports Joe to the short side before, but I'm the referee on this team, not you. Hi Rob, Zeeds here. Just want to discuss the captaincy next. He's calling. When Ring Rose comes through, that is brilliant from Ring Rose. Ring Rose is going here. What a score.